and certainly had no right owning one. Its front teeth had been replaced by mono-lattice silicon fangs, eight centimetres long. The jaw had been reprofiled to a blunt hammerhead to accommodate them. Both eyes were implants, retinas beefed up for night sight. One aspect Gabriel hadn't mentioned was the speed of the bloody thing. Greg brought his Walther eight-shot up, the sighting laser glaring like a rigid lightning bolt in the photon amp's image. He got off two fast shots, maser pulses that drilled the Rottweiler's brain. The steely legs collapsed, sending it tumbling, momentum skidding it across the nettle-plumped grass. In death, it snarled at him, jaws open, eyes wide, crying blood. He walked past, uncaring. The Walther's condensers whined away on the threshold of audibility, recharging. At twenty-one twenty and thirteen seconds GMT, the cottage door will open. Edwards will look both ways before coming out. He will be carrying a pump-action shotgun. Only three cartridges, though. Greg flattened himself against the cottage wall, feeling the leathery creeper leaves compress against his back. The scarlet flowers had a scent similar to honeysuckle. Strong sugar. Twenty-one twenty. Thirteen. The weather-bleached wooden door creaked. Greg's espersense perceived Edwards hovering indecisively on the step, his mind a weak ruby glow, thought currents flowing slowly, concern and suspicion rising. He'll turn right, away from you. Edwards' boot squelched in the mud of the yard, two steps. The shotgun was held out in front, his finger pressed lightly on the trigger. Greg came away from the wall, flicking the Walther to Longburn, lining it up. Edwards was a bulky figure, dressed in filthy denim trousers and a laddered, chunky-knit sweater, neck craning forwards, peering through the moonlit gloom. He'd aimed the shotgun at the ramshackle stone shed at the bottom of the yard. The goat bleated, tugging at its leash. Edwards was somehow aware of the presence behind him. His back stiffened, mind betraying a hot burst of alarm and fear to Greg's espersense. He tightened his grip on the shotgun, ready to spin round and blast away wildly. Drop it, Greg said softly. Edward sighed, his shoulders relaxing. He bent to put the shotgun down, resting its barrel on a stone, saving it from the mud. A man who knew his weapons. Okay, you can turn now. His face was thin, bearded, hazel eyes yellowed. He looked at Greg taking in the matte black combat leathers, slim metallic silver band bisecting his face, unwavering Walther. Edwards knew he was going to die, but the terrified acceptance was flecked with puzzlement. Why? he asked. Absolution. He didn't get it. They never did. His death was a duty, ordered by guilt. Greg had learned all about duty from the army, relying on his squad mates, their equal dependence on him. It was a bond closer than family, overriding everything—laws, conventions, morals. Civvies like Edwards never understood. When all other human values had gone, shattered by violence, there was still duty, the implicit trust of life. And Greg had failed Royan, miserably. Greg fired. Edward's mouth gaped as the maser beam struck his temple, his eyes rolling up as he fell forwards. He splashed into the thin layer of mud, dead before he hit. Greg holstered the Walther, breath hissing out between clenched teeth. He walked back down the hill to the Westland without giving the body another glance.
Behind him, the goat's bell began to clang. He refused to think about the kill while the Westland cruised over the countryside. His mind an extension of the Guido, iced silicon, confirming landmarks, telling his body when to shift balance. It would have been too easy to brood in the ghost wing's isolated segment of the universe, guilt and depression inevitable. Rutland water was in front of him, a Y-shaped reservoir six and a half kilometres long, nestling in the snug dark valleys of the county's turbulent rolling landscape. A pale oyster flame of jejune moonlight shone across the surface. Greg came in over the broad grass slope dam at the western end. He kept low, skimming the water. Straight ahead was the floating village, thirty-odd log rafts, each supporting a plain wooden cabin, like something out of a western frontier settlement. They were lashed together by a spiderweb of cables, forming a loose circle around the old limnologic.